Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, I'm Georgie Courage Cole, and welcome to today's Sherlock's In Conversation podcast. Today, I am joined by two women from the world of finance to talk about investing, where to start, what you need to know, and the common pitfalls to avoid. Emily Bellet is an established financial journalist and the owner of VestPod, a platform designed to educate and empower women to help them make the most of their money. She's also the author of Amazon Bestseller, You're Not Broke, You're Pre-Rich, and host of the Wallet podcast. Following a career in private equity, she launched VestPod, a digital platform with a popular newsletter, workshops, events, and well-being programs. Meanwhile, Claire Francis is a director of savings and investments at Barclays with a background in financial journalism, where she wrote for The Times, The Independent on Sunday and Natalie, The Sunday Times. Welcome, both of you. Wow, uh, that's quite impressive. I love reading bios like that about women. I'm always like, girl power. And um, God, we're in 2022, rightly so. But I mean, I ha- my husband did a talk the other day at one of my children's schools about money and he was saying to me oh god how do I start what shall I ask first and I was like ask them what money is because it's power and independence and freedom and choice and um he was like yeah god why didn't I think of that um but I mean you'd agree with that I imagine yeah absolutely and it's understanding what you can do with money and how you use money to have a better life I suppose and I've got a seven-year-old son so I'm sort of trying to tell him that when he's like mommy why do you have to go to work I don't want you to and it's trying to explain what the reason I work is because that enables us to live in the house we have and mm. have, buy him clothes feed us be able to go on holiday mm. to do nice things and if I didn't work we wouldn't be able to do that and it's trying to sort of get children to sort of understand that concept and grasp it from an early age and then hopefully as you then go through life and as Emily will I'm sure sort of talk about as well how we helped continue that education to empower people to get their money working as hard as possible for them Mm. for their futures it's so interesting I I said to my daughter my 11 year old who's off school today she's not very well she said "What what was I doing today and I said we were having this conversation and I said it's about investing and I say you know it's like daddy always says to you you can spend that 10 pounds now or you could spend six and you could save four and the next amount of time that four might be worth 60 you know which is the better route and we always have those conversations at home, just trying to get them to think about it. They, they just did a young enterprise exercise. And she said, we've made £166 in phone chains. And I was like, and what's your profit? She's like, what? And I was like, well, I think I bought all the beads. How much time is it taking? But it's just trying to, it's trying to set those habits from a young age. And I think, yeah, education system doesn't uh, quite do that. Um, Emily, how do you feel about money and its role and what it means? Yeah, I think money is yeah definitely freedom. We we talk about it, and that's you know a question that I often 
you know, as the Vespot community, what does money mean to you? And often we never really think about it. We think about money as, you know, we want, we need more money. We want to buy these things, but it's actually trying to link money and purpose. Like, you know, especially for women, what are the choices, you know, you want to make in life? What do you want to achieve? You will need money to do all these things. So I think thinking about your relationship with money, um, what is money for you? And, and growing up, we, we had all these messages around money, sometimes positive, sometimes quite negative. We may think money is quite scarce or money is quite abundant. But because we never had this formal financial education, I know it's where, mad, isn't where it? do I start? And even, you know, budgeting is not going to work for everyone. Or, you know, we don't know how much money should we save? Should we invest money? Should I put money into my pension? And because we don't necessarily have access to financial advisors, you really don't know where, where to start. So you mm -hmm. have to do this work of educating yourself. It takes time, it takes energy, you have to find the relevant sources of information. So it's not that straightforward to get started, but in the end, it's not rocket science yes. either. So it's just taking the time, maybe finding accountability partners, having these conversations. I think for me, it's really the first step, thinking about money in a different way, presenting money, you know, in a different way, because we've seen money from, you know, coming from the banks. But how, you know, can we change these conversations and ideas? And how do we do we see money on the world of finance, which can be very intimidating? Yeah. But we all handle money on a on a daily basis. We make these financial decisions. We're already yeah. empowered to do it. So it's how we can do it a bit better, maybe, to secure our, our future. Quite. And <laughs> when I whinge at my husband, when he's like, I'm taking this much out of your... We have a joint account, whether or not that's a good idea. I'd be interested to know what you both think. Maybe we'll come on to that. But uh, and I sort of see when my salary comes in, X amount gets whisked away. And he's like, do you want to be going on a cruise when you're 65 or not? And I'm like, all right, all right, <laughs> I'll stay out of it. But can we talk a bit about women and your feelings around investing in particular when it comes to women? I mean, I think we were saying earlier that it's proven that whilst female entrepreneurs struggle to raise money versus men, when they do, they actually drive a better ROI because they're more cautious and perhaps more organic and less risk averse. But yeah, as a sex, we are known to be less keen on investing, right? Can you elaborate on that? And I mean, that's sort of one of the reasons of today is, is answering a load of questions we've asked Sherlock's readers, but also really just getting women to think about it and realise that they need to take control and that it doesn't need to be risky or too risky. Well, I think investing in general, people aren't putting enough money, men and women, they're not putting enough money away for the longer term. And, and that's a problem. It's often, you might have heard it referred to as the UK savings gap or or. Mm -hmm. or retirement or pensions gap. So it's really important that we do everything we can to try and help people sort of understand and overcome perhaps some of the obstacles and barriers that put them off. But whilst it's a general problem, it's even more acute for women. Um, so women at retirement, the value of their pension pots is on average significantly lower than men. Um, and there are a number of factors for this, and, and Emily will will know as well. But you know things like often women do still tend to take career breaks, to take time out, to have children. Um, that can hold them back in career progression, which is one of the reasons why often women are earning less than men that so there are lots of factors sort of that economically can help explain to a certain degree but also even amongst women who have are in the position where they could be investing 
they are still less likely to do so than men and they're more likely to remain in cash and keep all of their money in, in cash savings. So that's one of the things that we spend a lot of time, me and my job, I spend a lot of time trying to understand why that is and what can we do to help women. And obviously it's the reason why Emily, um, or one of the reasons why Emily sets up, up Vestpod. So how can we help overcome some of those barriers, overcome some of those obstacles? You touched on it there in terms of sort of often women being risk averse. And I think that is one of the, the things that people do worry about because when it comes to investing you know stock markets can fall as well as rise and I think there's a sort of a fear factor amongst lots of people that if they invest there's a chance they could lose all their money Mm. but that's not necessarily the case investing can be very high risk but there are also ways to reduce and manage the risk so that it's at a level you're comfortable with um, and everybody's different so as Emily said spending the time just to understand a little bit and understand a little bit about yourself and what you're comfortable with with as an individual um, can can really sort of help. And another thing that women um, research shows about women is often we tend to feel that we need to know everything before we get started. And it's the same, you know, it's not just investing that accounts to, I think in, in a lot of ways, if you think about research that goes into sort of planning a family holiday or, you know, looking at a new kitchen, often a lot of women will spend hours and hours <laughs> doing all their research before they make that decision. Um, and that sort of feeling that you need to know it all. Fully understand yes. every single yeah. yeah, but you don't, you know, I've been investing for over 15 years. I certainly don't understand it all, but it, it doesn't have to stop you getting started and as you go you know and you as you do invest and it becomes more familiar to you your knowledge increases and you get more comfortable and we also see that over time often people you know women who start out quite cautiously um will feel more comfortable over time taking on a bit more risk um, yeah it's starting to to understand the language what would you say about women in particular yeah i think and it's best pod purely aimed at women so it it was set up for women initially because that was you know great close, name, close to way, my heart to <laughs> thank you to, to educate women and, and looking at the gender pay gap the investment gap the wealth gap it was like we need to, to bridge the gap but i think men have to be part of the conversation um because you know there's ways they can help women we have to open up this this conversation um and then how can we do better for ourselves so we talk about education learning bit by bit but i think the, the most important thing is getting started and there's a lot of ways on, and we're going to talk about how to get started investing um, and you can sort of automate your investment even before you know everything about how it works on a very very small scale you can start just investing a few pounds today so it doesn't need to be this huge amount of money there's a lot of myths and misconceptions around investing we think we need x amount of money yeah we need that people know everything about it that you need to be there's some secrets disposable income and frankly yeah. life gets more expensive so if that's how you are you never start with and you you'll never and you'll never start and of course it's i think there's also i mean when what we've during the pandemic is a lot of new um, investors actually you know starting to invest and put money on the stock market because they were maybe bored maybe they are more disposable income because they didn't have to you know travel and and, and so there, there was this appeal of the stock market the stock market has been going up for a little while so people were like yeah i can make money quite easily and people were taking a lot more risk than necessary. So you see all these headlines about the stock market. And of course, now you've seen for the past few weeks that the stock market start to go down. In the US, they've said that, you know, we're entering a bear market. So, you know, stock market again going down. So that can be quite scary. But I think that sounds, I think the, the, 
stock market just the name is saying this yeah that worries people with who aren't hugely financially literate doesn't it yeah that that is something you know and i would say i know more than some less than others but you know i'm like the idea of investing in stocks and shares you know that's i i get the concepts of ices and but that feels but in in the end you're just investing in the economy when you're investing in the stock market but how do you sort of invest in the economy it's it's in in practice is investing in the companies that will make the economy so yeah. when you're investing in the stock market you're buying shares into these companies and hopefully you know these companies will will grow and when you when you invest you almost don't need to watch the news you know what what's happening and the stock market and stuff i mean how do i i do invest is regularly every month a portion of my paycheck goes directly into my pension it could go also into a stocks and share isa for example mm-hmm. And then you remove like the, you know, no decision process. It's yeah. like it's automatic. You don't think about it. And, you know, if the market is not doing so well, well, the, it's going to be cheaper. So, you know, good for you. And then hopefully, you know, it's going to go up. Yeah. But you really want to invest for the long term. You don't want to be this this trader. And that's the yes. age we portray that's of the, an investor. That's the point, isn't it? You're not, yeah. This is not a trader. This is not It's not the Wolf of Wall Street. That's all the movies we've it's watched about investing. It's a long-term game. And actually, you were, you were saying, Claire, before we started that, Actually, you have different sort of pre-bundled, what would you call them? Funds. They're called ready-made investment Re- funds. Ready-made and we investment offer them funds. at Barclays, but other investment providers offer them too. And and they can be a, a really good place to start if you're not that confident or comfortable. Because it's a spread. Because it's, yeah, you're not investing. That's the point. When you say you're investing in companies on the stock market, you're not picking one. You're not picking you shouldn't, Apple. But a lot you of shouldn't. You shouldn't. Or Tesla. And go, yeah. But a lot of people do, you see. And yeah. that's the thing. So a lot of people, when they get started, because they're not too sure about what they're doing, um, they will often buy shares in a single company because they sort of understand, you know, if they're buying a share in a company, they're buying, uh, hoping that they own a small portion of that company. And if the share price goes up, they, they make money. But of course, if the share price goes down, that's when you're at risk, you know, you could lose money. And if you pick the wrong company, you know, some companies could go bust. So the key with investing is is spreading your money and mm. it's diversification. It's the sort of, it, it's the word that we talk about, you know, again and again and again, diversify, spread your money out, invest in different types of companies, invest in in different countries in the world and to do it by picking individual shares or, or bonds to invest in can be time consuming, but actually you don't have to do that. So actually, and that's invest- really for probably a more seasoned investor, yes. right? Who, yeah. But but a lot of people think that's the only way to do it, yes. and it puts people off. But actually, it's not the only way. And a simpler way is to invest in a fund, and a fund like a ready-made investment will do it all for you. So it it does invest across the world. Um, and the way ours work is we have five different funds, and they all invest in a mixture of companies and, and shares and bonds across the world to give you that important diversification. But the risk level that they're taking is slightly different. So and and that's to do with what they invest in and the proportion of and the your holdings. individual appetite whether yes. you want to go a bit riskier or you're going to go and go for the really safe one. Yeah. So that's means- the decision you make. You decide which of the five feels most suitable for you. And well one say right you your money's locked up for longer so but it's less Risky or does it not work like that? I think a common misconception, and Emily, I don't know if you'd agree with this, is that people think that when you invest, your money is tied up. And that's because we talk about investing for the long term. And it is important to think of it for the long term because stock markets go up and down. So the longer you've got your invested for, you can ride out 
those ups and downs of the sure. market. So if you just invest for a year or two and the market falls, you might need to get your money at a time when the markets have fallen and then you'll get back less than you originally put in. So that's why we talk about the long term. But your money isn't locked away. You know, if you do need it, you can get at it um, and you can sell your investments and, and, and take the cash back. So it's, it's not physically, you know, like some cash savings account where, you know, a fixed rate bond where your money is, is tied up for two years or three years or something like that. You can get at it if you need to, but the advice is that you only invest money that you can be putting away. And we suggest it for at least five years. Okay, five years. Emily, can I just ask you, where do you find, if you decide, right, you do want to invest in a fund, okay, Barclays has five different funds you can invest in. What are your options if you don't know where to start to find a fund? So if we sort of go back to the to the basics, um, first of all, you have to decide what you're investing for. I think that's usually quite good to have some sort of a plan. Uh -huh. um, so are you investing for retirement or are you investing for something medium term because uh -huh, if you sure. invest through a pension the money is going to be available for you know when you retire so private pension 55 years plus and most people we i mean who have a job they're going to have a workplace pension so they are already an investor so if you already have a workplace pension that's maybe the best place to go and check how much money are you saving can you increase your contribution how much is your employer matching and check how your money is invested so just looking at that, for me, it's, it's like, like a good first step. Now, if you want to invest for th something more, you know, in five years, in 10 years, you can use other products. And when you go on any investment platform, on any, you know, bank who offers like investment services, the first thing you'll have to do is they will ask you what type of accounts do you want to open? Do you want to open a private pension? Do you want to open a stocks and share ISA? Do you want to open like maybe a lifetime ISA? Or do you want to open a general investment account? Is there a right time to start? investing is there a difference i guess to take that on a level is there a difference between saving and investing is there a point where you say i'd get to it it's about habit isn't it it's about mindset but is there a time that, that you would say right that's the kind of criteria for someone to start investing i think i mean most people should think about investing today uh so <laughs> no but not necessarily starting but now go 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 you know i think usually before you start investing there's a few sort of prerequisites and they're going to be you know it's very personal so it will depend but usually it's better not to have expensive short-term debt so if you have you know a big credit card balance that you're still repaying that tends to be quite expensive so the money you spend in interests you'd better maybe repay that off before you okay. start putting money potentially in the stock market also because it's more risky so if you need the money you know where are you going to get the money and also okay, having some savings so an emergency fund is a good idea so having some money saved in cash in case Radio you have an emergency and, and it could be like a few months of of living expenses um, depending on you know your personal circumstances if you're a freelancer you may need maybe a bit more money mm -hmm. on this saving account if you have a regular job maybe something slightly smaller experts would say three to six months but it could be less it could be more and having this pot of money would mean that then you can start investing on the side and if the market completely crashes at least you know something happens you don't need to sell your investments but you have this little pot of of money so once for me, once you have have this and start thinking about investment, you can start and you can start on, on a very small scale. Today, you can invest your spare change, literally or £25 a month. You can invest through, you know, your workplace pension. So there's lots of ways and you don't need to have a lot of money to get started. 
Would you would you agree start with your workplace pension? Yeah, I think a lot of people are investing in that anyway. It's almost you're already started. Um, but but I you think, have to opt out, don't you? Yeah, now than... auto-enrolment, the rules changed yes. uh, um, a few years ago. I think just on Emily's point, I think it's absolutely right. It's whether it's building up your cash savings first because, you know, investing doesn't need, replace the need to have cash. But hopefully the reason to invest is that over the long term, the stock market should get you a better return on your money yes. than if you leave it all in cash yeah, but that doesn't harder yeah but it doesn't yeah. it's still cash still is very important because as emily said you, you want it there for your emergency rainy mm. day fund also for your short term goals so anything we'd say less than 5 years away just because of the risk of investing in the stock markets um but then once you've got your cash and as emily said you've you know you don't have expensive credit cards or, or loans if you've paid that off then that's the time to to consider investing and thinking about then it's how much risk you're comfortable with taking and then that can help inform you as to where and how you invest your money. I know we've touched on housing already but it's a big one and one of the really questions we had in I want to buy a house what should my investing plan look like and how can it help what what would you say to that? Well, I think it's the, the, big, it's the kind of first big thing. Yeah, it? well, it's, and, and, and I'd, I'd suggest that whilst we can't give advice and it's important to stipulate that, it's this five-year rule, really. So it depends how long you think it's going to take you to save up for a deposit. And if you're wanting to buy a house in the next few years, then I wouldn't suggest that you put your money um, in the stock markets to try and sort of build the deposit. You, you don't want to be losing that. It's just try and, try and get there. But given where house prices are, some people may feel it's it's going to take them a lot longer to get their deposit accumulated but your house is is your home and saving that money to, to get onto the property ladder often for a lot of people it, they'd prefer to keep it in a sort of cash savings account mm-hmm. and okay would you agree emily when it comes to buying a house yeah i think it's you know a personal decision there's this you know still dream of ownership but it's it's actually quite tricky uh, you know for most people to to start this journey you probably feel quite different to us you're french and <laughs> it's such a it's just such a british thing isn't it? it's i think it's the same in france like people think? want their home and i think it's you know it, it makes economic sense to own y- your home you know depending on you know interest rates and the cost of mortgages and stuff but if you can't buy a home now what else can you do because there's no point you know waiting and waiting and trying to save so if you know you won't need the money um you know for the next five years or so can you do something else with your yeah. with your money instead of just you know saving it on a saving account at like at mm. like zero percent yeah we're so. not we're not saying spunk it we're just saying <laughs> uh yeah there are there are other ways to skin a cat as my husband would say <laughs> are there i mean there's obviously Vespod, but can we talk about and there's the financial press i know you're big on education you have your podcast how do you learn is it just taking an interest? Is it immersing yourself? Is it, are there any other specific ways you would suggest people learn more about this world? Well, I think the beauty nowadays is, um, if I think back to when I started out um, in journalism, which was over 20 years ago now, giving a, a slight idea of my age, that it, it really was almost the, the money pages of the, the national newspapers where you'd go or, or some of the sort of more specialist magazines and things that, that you'd go to, to find the information. But the beauty of the sort of 
the internet and social media and things like that is that there's a lot of places now that have got that cover the topic of investing and and women's magazines and women's titles and stuff it's it's bringing it out of the financial pages which actually can put people off because they think oh it's really dry and boring I Um, love that we're talking about it more (laughs) I find it really exciting that our readers are so you know, and, and people like Emily, you know, on, on social media, on Instagram and things like that. The only caveat I would is be careful about who you're trusting mm-hmm. because, you know, especially with investing, there is risk involved with it. Right. And you, and you can never totally eradicate it. So you there are ways to to reduce it. But you so you need to really sort of. I suppose be getting your information from a trusted source, um, and that would be my my sort of main thing. Is there's lots out there, and it's brilliant, um, and there's lots of events and workshops and sort of interesting ways to learn about your finances. But just Let's sort of look at yeah, just look at who's talking about it and make yeah. sure that they've you know They're they've really got incredible. the they've got the experience and knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And and finance, I mean, personal finance is so personal. So, you know, don't compare your journey to someone else. Maybe someone else is doing a choice that, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, doing yourself or investing in something. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's, you know, super risky. We've seen recently a lot of people investing in cryptocurrencies, you know, very risky alternative assets. Oh but before, I, I mean, you know, crypto, I mean, just blows my mind. Yeah. But, you know, why not? I mean, if you have a balanced portfolio, you have your pension, you maybe you, you, are, you, have, you have your, your home, um, you know, you can look at this type of assets, but you should know that, you know, you should be ready to lose all your money potentially. But, you know, I'm interested in... Because <laughs> we don't really yeah, know but what I mean, is. I'm interested in blockchain. I'm interested in the technology. I'm interested in crypto. I've been, you know, educating myself for the past year. So I know what I'm more or less what I'm doing when I'm investing there. It's not just I received a WhatsApp from a friend who's telling me, you know, you've seen this uh, latest, uh, you know, well, coin and you should this, buy can that. I have a, can I please have a dummy's guide to blockchain? Because like my little brain can't. And I think the other thing is that if you do do something like invest in, in crypto, as I'm sure, you know, it's a small portion of spread, yeah, spread, spread, and, yeah. yeah, diversify, as you said. And what yeah. you can afford to lose because you've seen yeah. the crypto market now. I mean, it's it lost, you know, people have, have lost a lot of money. Yeah. So and what are you able to cope with the the yeah. ro- and the, the stress, <laughs> the ride and the stress? But I, but I would I say, I feel, uh, yeah, <laughs> you a know, lot to of people, it's not 
they won't feel comfortable with it. I don't. I, I don't. I yeah. I imagine women are a lot more. Yeah, but but I think often is you know people want to make a quick win with their finances. They want to make a quick gain. They're like, what if you know? What if I could just double my money? What if? And and it's tempting. And that's something you see on on social media sometimes. You see these people who are super successful and made a lot of money by trading this sort of thing. So this is a massive red flag. So it's yeah. always going back to how do they make the money? What are their credentials? What and is their background? It's not that far. It's probably too late, isn't it? Because they probably got it so early yeah but it's still you know when you're on you know social a lot of hours during the day and checking things you're like you get into these things this rabbit hole of trying yeah. to see what can i do what are the shortcuts so for me it's almost like you know going back to basics maybe reading a book about yeah. money you know watching like doing a course you know starting to have this conversation but really thinking it's long term no no one is pushing me to do it now i can take my time we, we say you know you, you can start investing today that's true but just consider the different the different options maybe talk to a professional if, if you can yeah. um and if you can't try to you know to speak to 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 a few people around you I, and have a sensible conversation can you come to that professional because i've got a question but side note, did you ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? I mean, I'm not a big fan. I think these are a bit like old school principles. Is it? I, <laughs> I remember reading it when I was about 22. Sadly, I don't think it's around anymore. But there's some good principles, I think, for women. And, and, and I think this aspect around, you know, sustainability, sustainable finances, understanding, you know. What does that mean, sustainable finances? So it's like looking at how, for example, you spend your money. I mean, when do we sit down and look at, you know, our accounts or looking at, you know, the purchases we make? Are they making us happy? Do we have, you know... Are they aligned with our values? I mean, these are things, you know, trying to save a bit more money every month. Mm. Um, and then where do we where do we invest? So trying to find the motivation to actually look into our finances because they are a lot more than just numbers. It comes from, mm. you know, your mindset. Maybe you're spending a lot of money because you're feeling bad or you're feeling stressed. And then you're going to feel the shame because you've been impulse spending. So trying to really... You know, take a step back, look at the big pictures. Why are you taking this decision? And can you improve just, you know, one thing or build a new habit around money? And investing will come, you know, and it's going to be part of it. But you can't solve everything at the same time. And I think a lot of it is is around behaviors. And people are saying, you know, money management is 80% mindset and maybe 20% mm. more practical stuff. And I really, I really believe this. Yeah, when you say it, it feels really empowering. <laughs> no, I... I get it. I actually had a friend around last night and I lent her some clothes and she was like, oh, I feel really bad. I was like, I, I love this. Like this, this is what we should be doing. This is, you're not shopping. I'm getting more value. This is way more sustainable. Like it's so, anyway, that's my new thing, lending. I think um, yeah, lending, buying secondhand, you yeah. know, selling stuff you don't need. Mm. Um, that, I think we are changing. Your mindset wallet. is it's, changing. It's changing, but sure. you still have these like impulses, and it's also not judging yourself and others you know because you're making these these decisions it's okay you know be a bit more gentle i think we're really hard with ourselves when it comes to money we're like we're bad i'm bad with finances i don't know how to do that that's okay like you never learn so just you know start with the simple simple things and, and i think also normalizing you know some of the conversation we've had today, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street, a lot of the connotations and, and when you think about investing and crypto, 
it feels quite sort of an adrenaline rush, very high risk. Impulsive. Um, yeah, that you've got to be on it all the time yeah. watching. Actually, it shouldn't. And in some ways, a sort of, I remember somebody saying to me, a, a good investment strategy should be boring. Yeah. Um, yes. Because really, it's there. Yeah, my for... husband loves a spreadsheet. I'm like, whoa, that is hot. I mean, <laughs> get a few more of those out. But it is, it's just, you don't need to be looking at it every day. You do, you know, it's it's almost, it's understanding the roles of the different pots of money that mm. you have. So, you know, you've got your, your cash savings there for, you know, your spending, your socialising, your holidays, your emergency rainy day funds um, and Christmas and stuff like that. And then that sort of, if you've got anything left, to put away for, for your future, for your financial future, and everybody's goals will be different. Um, yes. You know, your family's future. It, it sort of, it doesn't need to be, you don't want it to be exciting almost. You just want it mm. to be there in the background, knowing that you've got it there and it's growing and growing. But and I, growing. Think, I think people who don't invest or save regularly would be surprised how empowering and excited they, you can get about it quite quickly when you do start and and over the last few years over lockdown Emily touched on it earlier for a lot of people it's been a very uncertain time it continues to be so but when we were yeah and it is to be fair a particularly hard time at the moment with the cost of living yeah and I think you know it's important to recognize that but for those who have got money and, and and when we were in lockdown you know not traveling into work not commuting not going on holiday not able to socialize people were had money left at the end of the month and we saw an increase we saw it at Barclays and it was yeah, you bet. know other other investment services reported the same an increase in the number of people investing for the first time and we did some research at the back end of last year as, as we things were opening up just to ask people were they planning to continue because obviously you know expenditure will be rising again um, but the good news is that a bit like you people are seen it feels good yes. when you can see that good. money accumulating and so, they, they're, so yeah they're yeah, in even it if, now yeah even if they can't afford to be putting as much away each sure. month they're not planning on they've stopping. started the habit yes. and then yeah. and then it is just that simple you mentioned emily financial advisors now they come in all different guises don't they um but we did have a question about whether you should have a financial advisor how do you know whether they're a good one? Um, what can they do for you? You know, there are some cowboys on there. How do you know that you're dealing with the right one? Where do you look? What Are there are certain qualifications you're looking for? It can be quite tricky maybe to find um, a financial advisor. So what I would say is maybe personal recommendation from friends, from family, and maybe start to write this list of three to five different financial advisors and then of course looking them up looking at their qualifications Mm -hmm. calling them you know you can call them and have this first meeting with you know usually get to know each other understanding the services of the advisor what's going to be the relationship and it's almost come prepared with like a list of questions you can ask this advisor what are you know how are you going to help me how much does it cost what type of reports i'm going to receive are you going to be my point of contact so really trying to understand you know what are you going to get from this um, this relationship now if you're very only early on in your career it may not be that you need a financial advisor because that can be quite expensive. Mm. Um, so there's maybe a lot of things you can start on your own, especially with all the platforms and getting organized with I was your finances. Say, surely with some of the platforms, I mean, if you go straight to a good platform or to a bank like you, do you need a financial advisor or is it? So, so the market's changed a lot over the last sort of 10 years or so because the the rules changed around how you pay for financial advice and what that did is it it used to often be a commission-based um 
service so people right. wouldn't pay something up front whereas now you have to pay an up from you know a fee to the advisor and what's happened is it it's meant that the number of financial advisors has has sort of reduced and um and also as emily pointed out because of the cost of getting that advice if you haven't got a huge amount of money um and by huge you know it's it's not that you need hundreds and hundreds of thousands but um for some people it, it can feel expensive um but what we've seen and you might have heard of things like robo advice is a, a a common way where you, you do sort of online questionnaires and, and we offer a service at Barclays called Plan and Invest for our current account customers that it's it's a sort of you complete a questionnaire they're asking you you know and then they match like, you like a skincare quiz or and, a... and yes so we try to look at what you what you want to invest for what are your goals trying to understand your um, attitude to risk and then we create an investment plan for you and there are similar you know there are other services like that so there are ways to get sort of digital help online without having to pay for sort of face-to-face advice uh, presumably that's what you do with Vestpod as well I mean presumably you're giving we're not giving advice okay. we're doing more doing education and guidance so to give advice you have to be um, regulated and that's going to be very specific to your personal circumstances you. so the advisors will build a plan for you depending on how much you earn, what is the okay. type, your, your financial goals and stuff like that. Um, and there's also a new category of, you know, help that you can get if you're more struggling around money mindset, you have some blocks around money, you've seen a lot of maybe money coaching in the space and you can you can book like an hour, you can book like 10 sessions. So again, look at the credentials because it's unregulated versus financial advice that is regulated. Okay. But if you need, a, you know, more of a boost around your finances, accountability, and stuff like that yeah it's for me it's like courses um you know accountability maybe events and and potentially like money coaching but i think also it's worth pointing out that you know a lot of the education that we've touched upon you know and and they that's out there and and it's designed to help empower people so that they don't necessarily need the advice and that they can do it themselves Mm. um some will be comfortable to do it themselves totally and choose their own investments or go for a ready-made investment fund if you need a little bit more help the sort of the digital services like the one i mentioned plan and invest at barclays and things like that that manage it make the decisions for you on your behalf if you decide to go on and invest so there are lots of different options out there and i think that's the point that emily was trying to make it's worth investing some time to un- understand the basics because you might feel that actually you don't need to speak to a, a qualified financial advisor because there's enough support there to help you get started yourself. Yeah, yeah, well, you'd hope so in this and, day and age. And I think it's getting started. So if you're not sure, you've been comparing a few different platforms, you don't know which one to use, it's okay, like just get started, make sure it's, you know, a regulated platform, it's regulated by the FCA, yeah. you start investing ultimately, with this platform. Ultimately, if it's regulated. Yeah, you know, if your money is protected by the FSCS, you just need to check that, you know, the stamps are here, then you can always move your money you can transfer your pot so it's not like withdrawing all the money but you mm. can ask them to transfer your investment from one platform to another oh um, you can do that can you, you can you can do that so if i was with a platform and i decided right i want to be with another platform i want to move to barclays for example i can move that money across they will move it like you port a phone number or you were... yes yeah okay. and it depends sometimes if the platform you're moving to doesn't offer the so investment that you've got your money in at the moment it, it might have to be sold converted into cash and then it, re, it you reinvest okay. it if you've got a, an investment fund that's available on platform a and platform it just moves across okay 
Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Uh, well, I have to say, as a woman, I can see why disruptor, you know, category disruptors might make a woman feel nervous. Like, I can see why a more traditional retail bank like Barclays, you know, I can see the appeal of that, like, heritage brand and that that kind of trust feeling maybe maybe there's a bit more comfort in that you've got that that. you've got that presence and you've been around a long time and you're trustworthy and you're not some new fintech that's going to go under or whatever I mean as I say you're looking for certifications aren't you from other platforms but I I feel like there's something comforting in and I think that's you know through research that comes through as as often sort of Trust in a brand is an important factor for a lot of people, but it's not for everyone. And I think that, you know, some people don't care so much about that. And there's other things that they want. It's, it's, you know, what can the app do or what can... And I think that the the, the key thing is, to Emily's point, is there's lots of choice out there. Have a look, see what's there. um, And... and just if if you feel it's the right time for you to invest, yeah, um, then there's lots. Of and it, there is a lot out there. I just think if you're a cautious woman, I can see particularly why someone like you would appeal. Talking about platforms, a Barclays or whatever. What do you need to start? I mean, I get that no amount is too little. You know, it's you're, it's never too early to start saving to start the habits. But at what point do you go to a bank, a platform? What's, is there a minimum amount you can need to aim for to start with? So there's no minimum amount to get invested. You, it will depend on some of the platforms. So you need to check, you know, what is the minimum amount depending mm-hmm. on, you know, what type of accounts. Mm-hmm. But as I said, in the market, you will have some apps that will just invest your spare change. You will have apps or, you know, platforms or banks that will let you invest like a regular amount every month. That can be £25, £50, £100. So literally, there's almost like, technically no minimum to get started investing but it's more for you trying to go back to your budget and try to see okay how much am I ready to you know put away every Mm -hmm. month for the long term that's not going to be like a a cash savings but technically you know you can you can do it with um, with very small amount of money so could you ring up Barclays and say I want to invest 100 pounds a week you can the only thing I'd sort of caveat is when you're when you start if you're only investing small amounts it's important to check what the fees are and the costs involved because there there are costs involved okay. and so sometimes if it's only a small amount that you're investing the fee can offset any potential sort of okay. gain so it's so a look at things like that but i think the other thing to remember is you know this is all flexible so yeah. it can be it's a really good practice to get into to sort of do as emily does set up that regular um direct debit so there's money being invested every month but also you know say you get a bonus at work or um some inheritance and you've got a lump sum you could put that in or you might get that and that could help get you started and then you decide to sort of put some money away each month and you can also change the amount that you invest so even if you start off putting away 200 pounds a month um but suddenly um something happens in life maybe you have a baby and life gets a bit more expensive you can dial it down and or okay. dial it up if and and so that's the other important thing what you start on on day one doesn't have to be what you continue doing forever okay um, i want to get through a few more really questions uh before we run out of time someone has said is there a typical roi in percentage terms you might look for on on an investment product or is there no such thing 
No, because nothing's guaranteed because you don't know what's going to happen with the, the stock markets in the future. I mean, what you're hoping to do is you're hoping to earn a higher return than you would get if you leave your money in a in a cash savings account. Mm-hmm. But a lot will depend, you know, one of the reasons people do, some people are happy to take more risk is, you know, in theory, the higher risk you take, the, the higher the return you will be, but it will be a lot, you know, a hairier ride along yeah. the way. So if you're going lower risk, you'll have to, you know, be prepared that, the, the less risk that you take, the, the lower the annual return is likely to be. But it just can never be guaranteed um, because stock markets, you know, they can go down as well as up. Someone has said there's a lot of volatility in the market right now. Does that make it a good or a bad time to invest, Emily? So it's a question like people often ask is like, is it a good time to start investing? And there's no good time to start investing. I mean, what we often say is it's better to spend time in the market, so actually being invested, than trying to time the market. And timing the market means, you know, trying to buy when the prices are low and sell then when they're high to make a, a profit. So I think the best way for most people that also removes, you know, most of the stress is to invest on a regular basis. So can you invest, you know, monthly? And then you will invest at, you know, any point in the stock market. And of course, there's a lot of volatility and that will put a lot of investors off. And you'll be like, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my money. You don't know. Is it the bottom of the market today? Will it go up or will it crash? But when you look historically at, you know, stock market performance, you will see massive drawdowns in the stock market every 10 years or so. And the markets usually recover from this, but you need to to leave time. Um, okay. for your money to recover and that's why we usually say don't invest for less than five to ten years because five years is going to be i mean historically it has been the time for markets to recover okay. of course you know this past performance is not going to be an indication for future performance but it's it's almost trying not to look at the market and if you have an investment app and if you're a new investor i mean i'm not going to check my investment every day right yeah because you're it's automated i know it goes there yeah. i'm not you know qualified i don't read enough it's some people some people job to actually look at the market and yeah. be there 24 7 it's not your job you have a full-time job yeah, you're doing other yeah. things you have a family so just automate as much as you as you can and because you invest in a you know diversified way and for the long term that's you know the best thing you can do for investment yeah. and time time is is the secret because it will help your money compound yeah. um, and that's you will really be able to I'm recover from, 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 from this. Yeah, that's Time really, and diversification. That's really what I'm getting from you today. We're nearly at the end. Yeah. I've got one question I want to ask you. But one thing I really feel and I'm sure you would agree with is that, you know, we need to be more inclusive. We need to talk about money. We need to change the conversation, the language about money. Would you agree with that? I mean, you obviously do because you've set up VestPod and written your book. And I think it is. And I think certainly when it comes to investing, we know from there's a lot of research, actually, that one of the things that can put people off is the sort of the technical terms mm-hmm. and the language and the jargon. Yes. Um, I, th- I think what the key is trying to explain and talk about investing in everyday yeah. conversational language because a lot of the time when you are reading and you see some of the acronyms and things like that you're like oh, I haven't got a clue what that means yes. or it can be quite scary and off-putting but actually when you break it down and you just explain it in normal everyday you know make it conversational yeah. actually it's it feels far more accessible yes and I think that's one of the things particularly perhaps that can put a lot of women off is they just don't feel investing's right for them um or but, pitched at them because it's in this or really pitched at them. dry, serious corporate. Yeah, but it's, I think it's pitched a lot to women at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good. But well, then it's changing, isn't it? But 
just to give an example, so I worked in finance, I worked for Lehman. Um, my job was to be an investor in private equity, but actually I didn't have a pension. And I, was I wasn't like taking care of my finances. I met an advisor who was like, you're like, your the plumber with, you're like the You're like the web builder with new websites. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, I mean, a lot of what we learn from money, it's, you know, comes from, you know, financial institutions and the market and stuff. But actually money is, is like super personal. It's a tool. It's a day-to-day -to -day tool. So we have to you know, own this, this, yeah, this thing and, and, and completely change the conversation. And that's why at Vespod, we've been doing events and we launch our money meetups and stuff because there's a lot of stuff you can learn, but it's also you sharing, I think, sharing personal stories, sharing experiences. Yeah. And this is really empowering because we feel we are on our own. We are the only one with mm. credit card debt. We are the only one who can't save, can't invest. But you realize, like, it's the same. It's going to be this hard for a lot of people. So having, listening yeah, to stories, conversation, the, the, the communication, like podcasts like this I think are really really helpful because it's a lot about building confidence um, in, in investing in managing finances and then understanding the tool and it's it's never going to be a rocket science to you know start organizing your money but it's more the motivation to, to take the time to actually actually do it regularly over the long term it's not something you're going to learn in you know watching a one minute uh, <laughs> one minute video but it's more yeah every every week every month and it compounds it's like investing so it's like little efforts every week and maybe you know having money dates for your finances and it can be on your own with a partner with a friend and, and really changing the conversation about money because there shouldn't mm -hmm. be any shame to, to talk about yeah that. I agree I always say to my children it doesn't make you happy but it is it's one of the most powerful things in the world and it's part of our everyday life and yeah. so important that, I mean, back to where we started and education and talking about it and having these conversations on Shared Arts. Um, Claire, what would you add to that? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, just a final message is, is don't be scared of investing because I think it's, it's just part of your overall sort of part of your financial plan it's the bit that can help you reach those longer term goals mm. um so there's lots of help out there just take a bit of time hopefully mm. um you've learned a bit today and and if you feel comfortable and it's the right time for you um to get started you know the key is five years or more really have that in your yes. mind um and um invest longer term but but it's it's not too late so um have a look and, and see if it's right for you that's comforting. Uh, Emily, what would you say? Uh, yeah, and I completely agree with that. And the other thing is be patient because you're not going to see the results of your investment in a month, in a year, in two years, but really, you know, 20 years, you know, 10 years, 20 years, it will compound. And that's really what, what you want. So just take it as, you know, a long-term strategy and that should make your life a bit easier. Thank you both so much for your time and insights. What a great conversation to have i genuinely feel these are the conversations we should be having i'm sure that was clear anyway just a reminder that this podcast is in partnership with barclays as part of the sherlux and barclays partnership to help modern women understand more about their money and investing whatever their age and stage in life investing can be the wise way to make your money work harder for your future but so many of us don't know where to go or where to begin barclays are here to make it easy Search Barclays ready-made investments to see if they have an investment match for you. And we must just add the disclaimer that investing is not for everyone. With investing, your capital is at risk and the value can fall as well as rise. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 